to the business in the front, party in the back podcast. I'm Lauren and I'm Michelle. Welcome to the show. So Michelle, what do you get when you cross a medium with a business coach? Oh, Lauren, I don't know. What do you get? (laughs) One hell of a podcast. Oh, I like what you did there. That's great. Yes. So that's, I'm starting to use that now to promote us. I think it's very catchy. It is excellent. uh, Yeah. When I tell people, it's kind of like you get, you know, the spiritual world, but also the business world fused into one. A mixture of um, both. Exactly. Yeah. And we don't want people to think we're curious, you know. Um, No, exactly. Have a lot of laughs. We do have a lot of laughs. Yeah. We know how to have a fun time. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Even though I'm seven years older, I still know how to have fun, Lauren. That's true. <laughs> With no alcohol and uh, that's it. Some um, vegan <laughs> fairy conscious bread. dance vegan parties. Fairy bread. Yes. Vegan okay. fairy bread. Yeah. Conscious dance. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so today's show is brought to you by Michelle R. Price, a light worker. I do readings, healings, a lot of mediumship, connecting to past over loved ones, uh, mentorship, mentorship, helping you discover your gifts and develop those as well. And uh, I'm Michelle Price, a light worker on Facebook, soon to be Reiki Master Lauren, um, but I'll talk about that shortly. But it means I can so actually great. teach uh, Reiki. So that's something else I'll be adding to my little portfolio there. I love that. And we are two friends who started a podcast after being made redundant. Well, we could say set free on, on the, the same, same day. day. Yes. And, um, yes. Yes. We have been. We love it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Lots yeah. to be grateful for. Today on the show, Lauren, we're going to be catching up and talking about cryptocurrency and uh, chatting to one of my mates. He's been in the game for a long time. Uh, he is in the IT industry, but he's also uh, very heavily invested in a form of cryptocurrency. So it's uh, going to be really awesome to catch up with him. I've known him for like a hundred years, literally. Uh, but first we like to just catch up and chat about our week. Lauren, anything interesting, anything you've sort of learned uh, this week? I noticed you're in a new location this morning. What's going on? What's happening with your background? Yeah, I'm in my living room. So I hope the sound is okay for our listener at home. I promise I'll be back in my, in my bedroom next week um, when we record. We, did you get kicked out? No, I didn't get kicked out. So this is what happened. So um, Michelle, you're aware uh, that we have those birds, the Uh birds nest, the sunbird nest. So for our listeners at home, if you haven't been listening to every episode, what's wrong with you? Number one. Mm, First of all. (laughs) But number two, I have had a bird fear since I was seven. And uh, a couple of months ago, these sunbirds came and they started building this beautiful nest directly outside our our door um, on the bottom of a hanging jade plant. So since they built the nest, they actually have grown two birds that have gotten older and flown away. And now they're on their second bout of birds, I guess. So the birds have hatched. There's two babies in there. So this morning, Gav comes out of the bedroom and all I can hear him is, no, and he runs out and he slams open the door and a um, a crow of sorts, apparently a black butcher bird dug flew in to take the babies and um he managed to intercept it but the nest fell on the ground and uh me being with a bird fear now i must say i've actually advanced a lot to the point where i can kind of walk near a bird and it i'm okay like it's incredible how much healing i've had from this experience but i'm definitely not at the point of being able to lift up a bird's nest and deal with that in that way yet um 
anyway, so he had to go to work. So these sort of things happen like 10 when minutes was the before nest? he has to go to work. When was it? Yeah. So, so, so he picked up the nest and he put it in a box, in a shoe box. And he's like, Lauren, I have to go to work. Like, you know, you have to deal with it. Now I'm going to share in a minute, another story of when Gav had to go to work and what I needed to deal with. But before I get to that story, let's finish this one. So um, I, of course, am having a total meltdown crying because I love these birds so much. And like, I see the mom in the nest every night. and It's just like the cutest thing ever. And I just, I just look at them with so much love and affection. Mm. Anyway, called Far North Queensland Wildlife Rescue. And I was like, I've got these bit two baby birds. Um, Gav checked them. They were still alive. He said oh their heartbeats God. were like going crazy, right? Oh as my God. they would. Um, and we didn't see the parent anywhere, although we didn't know what to do. So Gav's gone to work. So, uh, they ended up getting back to me to cut a long story short. The, um, the woman in my area has just come to my house. This is within an hour, basically of this whole thing happening. Well, before she came, they said, try to retie the nest, like rehang it. And I said, uh, I can't. I have a bird fear. <laughs> like um, I'm working through a bird fear. I'm going to watch my language on that. And there's no way that I can attempt to do this, you know? So anyway, um, so this lovely woman came and she took the, um, she was looking at the babies in the shoe box and she actually took them out of the nest and I couldn't go too close, you know, cause Anyway, she said they can't fly yet. It's not a big deal. I actually kind of regret not going a bit closer, but I did sort of see them. Their their feathers are coming on, and she said they're really healthy. Mm. And she put them back in the nest. And so um, then what she did is she goes, okay, I'm going to retie the nest. She goes, for other birds, this would not work, but for sunbirds, they are okay with it. So she retied the nest, rehung it. And then she put up some, uh, I had some strips, some aluminum foil. She cut them into strips and hung them with some string kind of near the nest to try to avoid the crow or anything else coming back. Mm -hmm. She also said, if we put up a rubber snake around the area, that will um, deter any other birds, but the sunbirds won't mind. Like they're too quick. Mm. Anyway, so I think Gav might get a rubber snake while he's out. And so she basically said they're healthy enough that if they don't have food for a day, that will be all right. She said to keep an eye on it. So I'm actually sitting on my couch, oh, keeping an gosh. eye on the nest. And Michelle, right before you hit record, no. the mom has just <gasps> come back. Oh my God. And has checked in three times now. Oh my God. Um, seriously, like, it's so beautiful. I don't know. I'm so emotional about it, but I'm too. Oh my God. I'm so happy. So anyway, um, so I'm just like sitting here watching, waiting to see what kind of happens next. So she's just and coming and going at the moment. Like yep, she's dropping yep. in and yeah. she's attending to them. Like oh. when she first came in initially, she was looking at, I could see she was taking quite a lot of time. It was almost like she was going, what's happened? Wow, <laughs> Are you wow. guys so okay. And oh my the God. nest, unfortunately, the way that it's tied, it, it faces me now, not outside. So I don't know if she's going to like that because she can't be on watch okay stand on guard but i mean that's i guess her to figure out mm. um it may make it yeah. less likely to be attacked maybe if it's like facing because the birds point. Yeah, yeah would have to come around yeah so i'm just gonna hopefully Gav oh, can get a rubber snake today while he's out and um 
the the wildlife care Julie, she said that she thinks the birds are about two weeks away from being able to fly. Oh, but Lord. sunbirds return <sighs> to the same nest every year. And this is the second time in a couple months, right? That I they know. like they basically never really left. They've just come back. So yeah, so it's it's pretty amazing. And nerve wracking um, yeah. and oh my lord. Thank <laughs> yeah. God she's come back. That was quick. That's pretty quick. Yeah. For mum to yeah, come back. Within, yeah, like within 20 minutes of it being up again, wow. it was back. And I was so looking must have been watching. and I couldn't see it. That's must what have I was watching. thinking. Yeah. It must have been watching. So yeah. um, but I'll just tell you a funny story. So, well, it's not that funny for the frog in the story, but um, probably funnier than what year... we just went through. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe not. Wait till you hear this oh. one. So last year when we were living in uh, Townsville, we live in an area called Pelaranda. It's at the beach, right? And yes. it's really known for lots of snakes Bullshit. and stuff. And um, so anyway, get up in the morning and I'm getting ready for work. Gav's getting ready for work. Gav comes in. Actually, no, that's not true. I wasn't getting ready for work. I was sick at home. I get sick once a year for a couple of days. It was just happened to be this that time. Was a sick day. So yep. I'm lying in bed sick, right? I've got a bad cold and whatever. Gav comes in and he's like, Lauren, there. <laughs> so I have an indoor laundry, okay? With like, um, he hung up, uh, like, we bought a, um, not string, you know, we bought something for the clothes to hang on, whatever you call that. It's installed in my yeah, laundry. Clothes room. Line. Yeah. Clothes, thank you, clothesline. <laughs> so he comes into the bedroom and he goes, Lauren, there's a snake on the clothesline eating a frog, but I got to go to work. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, get out. Now, in our, in our um, laundry room, there had been a frog that had been living there. Now, he'd already relocated it outside, and it had made its way back into the laundry room. So, uh, yeah, this giant tree snake, like probably about a meter long, mm. is coiled around inside my house, along, around the clothesline, with a, the frog dangling in its mouth. And this frog is probably the size, I don't know how big your hands are because I've never met you in person, which is uh-huh. hilarious. It's a whole other story. But it's, it's like a very big frog. Mm. And the frog is dangling there, squealing, getting eaten mm. by this snake. And so I called the snake people and I was like, there's a snake in my house. Gav had to go to work. And they basically said, well, just keep watching it. And if it's a tree snake, I described it. They said it will actually just go out the way it yeah, came it will. in. Yeah. <laughs> what about the poor frog? Oh, it died. Oh so it basically God. took a, an How hour. How is this and story funny? To- How was this funny? Where's the funny bit? I said it wasn't funny. Did I? You say said it was funny, funny, but not funny. Yeah. Okay. I said it was All right. Not funny for the frog. Okay. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, anyway, so I had to like kind of check in between, you know, trying not to die in my bed and like coming in and finding out where this frog and snake situation was at. Yeah. So the frog got eaten by the snake and then the snake uncoiled and slithered around and ended up slithering out the um, laundry room. And then I found where it came in and the gav came in, fixed, fixed the hole. And, um, which is no doubt where the frog got in as well. Yes, no yeah. doubt. Mm. So, um, so it was just funny because this morning he's like, "Why do these things always happen ten minutes before I have to go to work?" And I'm like, "This is the universe's way of telling me to deal with this shit because because I'm often like, oh, gavel sorted out." Wow. So, um, wow. Yeah, and then wow. I I also wanted to tell you that we have a tarantula living right 
outside my door as well, right? Not right outside my door, like kind of a couple meters away beside the pool. And, you know, these stories that I regale my family with in Canada, they just don't even know what to do. Wow. Is it like a huntsman? The really um, long legs? I don't think so. We haven't seen it yet. This is oh. like a nest buried into the ground, covered in cobwebs, Michelle. Like it's it's an insane. Oh. I initially thought maybe it was a funnel web spider or something. No, tarantula um, then, would live like that. I don't think funnel web. Yeah. Oh, funnel webs. Yeah, they do go in the ground as well. So it could be. But anyway, yeah. Gav's cousin mm. who um, who lives near us, he's a, a snake catcher and he works at the Cannes Aquarium. And so. Um, he came and checked it out because <laughs> I was like, Joe, I'd really like this um, spider to move out, please. Anyway, um, after, because I thought it was a funnel web. And then once he determined it, it wasn't, he thought it was a tarantula. I was like, yeah, okay, that's what well, I'm thinking is tarantula. It can live there. That's fine. Yeah. And they just catch rodents and cockroaches and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's okay. And, yeah. uh, but it's just got to check your shoes all the time. And yeah. Yeah. So it's just these that's conversations I just thought I would never have. So it's pretty amazing. Um, the other thing I just wanted to tell you about my week, uh, I do probably seem a little bit tired because I worked mm, last dang. night. I got home around 11.15 and couldn't fall asleep till after 1.30 easily. So, wow. you know, it's just working nights. That's what happens. But I thought it was really interesting last night. And I don't know if anyone from the restaurant listens to our podcast. Hopefully but not. Hopefully I don't want to tell you, like, I, I do want to tell our, you, you know, you and our listener at home what's going on. Cause I, I do sometimes think these things are interesting to talk mm-hmm. about. Right. So, um, last night we were basically really, really busy. I thought that maybe some of the sections weren't allocated properly. Some people had too much work for other people. So then other people had to like fill in. I was the person who was like trying to fill in a lot and it's disconcerting in a way when you're not paying attention to people because they're not in your section, but they Mm, need to be supported. Anyway, that aside from that, the crew that was working are so cool, like friends. So it was awesome working with really good people, but the managers were there, the owners of the restaurant, right? And so halfway through service, the till tape. Um, so the till, is, till tape is basically when you print out what, you know, the order is and you take it to the kitchen. Mm-hmm. The, um, the way that this restaurant works is they've got three copies of the one order, okay? So every area of the kitchen gets a copy and then they all know and they communicate to each other about what they're working on. Mm-hmm. So the till was out of tape. And so one of the owners had to go to their house. I don't know why this stuff, all the birds just came back and fed them and left. Um, So one of the owners had to go to their house to get additional till tape. Anyway, to make a long story short, we had to like manually write out all the orders. So it was really causing a lot of havoc and stress for everybody. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So look, not, not a hell of a lot. I'm doing my Reiki masters today. So I'll be able to teach Reiki, which is awesome. Um, That's so great, Michelle. Yeah. I've had a few people asking if I could do it and I've always sort of said, no, I can't. And then I'm like, well, why am I saying no, I can't? Uh, I might as well do that. So that's why I'm learning that um, just to add another modality. I have had some challenging, you know, situations, I guess, with clients and things like that. But what I'm feeling like that's teaching me is really just boundaries. I've had a few people, like I had a lady this week, just message me and go, oh my gosh, you know, I think I'm dying. I need healing um, or something or other. And I said, oh yeah, you know, and it didn't sound like she wanted to book a healing. So I said, well, you know, are you willing to make a donation because it's like an exchange of energy and you know, that's a nice thing to do. And I have started asking for donations because sometimes after my Facebook live, people might just have a question and I'm like, great, 
um, send a donation, here's my bank details and I'll do a question for you, no problem. So I've started doing that. That was a suggestion yeah. from one of my um, other clients and yeah. um, that, that's working well. So I said, yeah, sure, I'll send you some healing. You know, can you send a donation? Didn't hear from her again. And she'd messaged me about 20 times and then there was nothing. And then I had a guy in Italy ring me, Italy ring me, and, uh, and he was very Italian and, um, and oh, he was like ringing me through Instagram. And he's like, oh, you know, I think you're awesome. And I, you know, read your page. I follow you on uh, Facebook and all of this sort of stuff. And you know, I really, I really want to read it. I'm thinking amazing or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay, well, um, you know, here's my, um, what's your email address? And I'll send an invoice or whatever. And I, uh, and he's like, oh, and it took me ages to get an uh, email address. I finally got one and I sent it to him, the invoice. And he just goes, oh, I do not have a bank card on me at the moment and all of this sort of stuff. Let's just have a chat and we'll see. And I'm like, no. Nope. And he said, he kept ringing me and I just said, I've got a client, sorry. And I feel like I'm just putting my foot down. I feel like that's a really good thing around boundaries um, and barriers because people yeah. do, they do try to get a lot out of you and you end up giving a lot of energy and yeah. these people don't want to pay. And I'm like, I'm saying to the universe at the moment, you know, I don't want people like that around me. I don't want people like that in my life. Um, and I don't want them, you know, taking my energy and expecting something for nothing because I'm not here to do that. That's not my, my business. And that's a hard thing to do. And I think when you're building up your business, you kind of want everyone around you. But now I'm like, yeah, no, I don't. I don't want that sort of energy. So I'm going to be more, more selective. So that was a really big learning. So I've started to say no to people. I'm like, if you're not willing to donate or offer any sort of exchange, then I'm not, I'm not interested. And then yeah, I did it. Because uh, Michelle, it's your time. Yeah, of course it is. Your time and your expertise What, oh, your bird just did something? The bird just came back, but then the other bird too, like the parent that I haven't seen in a long time came back oh, and then the other parent together, like they looked like they were going to have a talk or something. And anyway, it's all happening here. Oh my Lord. <laughs> oh my Lord. Oh um, wait. And there's another sunbird. What the hell? Okay. There's like three. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm very confused. Maybe there's a construction sunbird is checking the construction material and making sure it's all safe and well, secure. Like a building maybe that up. does sort of happen, but there's the it's like the moms come back now, but then the other two birds I saw were in a completely other area oh. of my house. So anyway, I'll stop Imposters. talking about that. I'll update at the end of our call today. Imposters. And I'll be like, if anything happened, I'll be I'll I'll tell you. People will be like, after this episode, people will be like, is that the episode with the sunbirds? Is that the cryptocurrencies yeah. of sunbird one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, we should rename it to cryptocurrency yeah. and slash sunbird. sunbird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. Anyway, I read for that chick in America again. Oh my God, she's amazing. That singer in America that I had the cards, her mum selected the cards and then did the reading and like all of that. Do you remember her? I don't the think you told me about that. Yeah, I'm sure I did. Xenia, she's like, she sang with Justin Timberlake. It's on my page. Uh, Jay-Z. No, you didn't tell me this. Famous. She's a dancer, backup dancer. Like, oh my God. Yeah, she, um, yeah, she's amazing. Well, I read for her twice now. Anyway, um, there's a post on my page, Michelle, I price a light worker about her, how her mum dragged me to Cafe Nurture and got me to buy this particular um, deck of cards. And then two days later, her uh, daughter, who'd been referred to me by someone else who I read for in Australia, she's in America, obviously, she's a singer. And she had messaged me and said, oh, look, you know, my friend had a reading, can I have a reading? And I'm like, sure. Did a reading together, figured out. Her mum kept going on about her journal and I've got these cards here. And I'm like, oh, these are the cards. And your mum keeps saying they're like your journal, her mum's in spirit. And then she finds the journal and like the first thing in the reading that I'd said to her was, I feel like I'm in an eagle and I'm looking out of its eyes, which is really weird. I feel like I'm in the eagle and I'm looking out of its eyes. And she said, I've been having that dream since I can remember. 
that exact dream. And I'm like, oh, and then I said, you know, yeah. these are the cards and your mum keeps talking about your journal. Anyway, so she shows me the journal at the end. She gets a photo of it and sends it to me and it's the same artist. So her mum somehow, because I, I never buy cards where I don't know the author. I always have to have a recommendation referral where I have to know the author, oh. you know, to know that they're good cards. And I had no idea who this author was, but I was like, I need those cards. I don't know what it is, but I have to have those cards. And I've never bought cards from that location before. So it was all very weird. And then this um, artist in, this, in this, these cards here is the same as the journal, same artist. I mean, it's insane. Like she's there, I'm here. How did this happen? And then in the girl's hair, she said she'd never noticed it before until after the reading, she looked in the girl's hair and there's an eagle in flames. So it's in, it's built out of like fire and it's an eagle oh. in her hair. And she was just like, oh my God. That's so cool. That's so, so cool. Yeah. Both of our connections have been amazing. And it just, you know, it just shores up what I feel. And it is that I, you know, I want a different kind of clientele. And it's not that I want people to go or anything like that. I've got regulars who, you know, I see and it's all very heavy sort of human level stuff. And that's all good because I know them, but you know, it is moving in a different direction for me and high vibrational and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And just saying no to people who, you know, don't want to exchange energy. You know, I think it's quite simple. So anyway, I'm going to talk later as well. Lesson. That's so great. I'm going to talk later in our episode at the end um, as well, just about, about that saying no and um, paying attention to your own course. Mm. But we'll get to that at the very end. So we should probably bring our expert in, shall we? Perfect. All right. Well, I'll stop recording and uh, we shall chat to Justin after this. Justin Kinchington is the CEO and founder of Brisbane-based Assured IT. He's an entrepreneur, business leader and technical expert. Justin has been working in IT for over 27 years. That's a long time, having founded his own successful business about 20 years ago. Justin's business provides outsourced managed services and IT support to small and medium-sized businesses looking after all of the infrastructure and day-to-day needs of an efficient and successful IT system. But it takes a lot of time and commitment to make all of this work. And Justin is also involved in a bit of Bitcoin and a few other things. So we're really interested to chat to uh, Justin today. So we've got Justin here. Hello. Hi, how are you going? And Lauren is here Hello. as well, my uh, little offside, my little mate. So you- I'm your little mate. Yeah, yeah. So we wanted to have Justin here. He's um, fabulous with this sort of thing. And I watch him, you know, feverishly typing in his computer, getting messages, all these things popping up. I have no idea what's going on. No idea. So that's why I thought I'd get him here. He can chat about it. Um, so welcome to the show. Thank you for being part of business in the front party in the back. Great to be here. Yay. So um, Justin, just give us a bit more info. That was sort of your, you know, business, you know, what you're involved with in a short IT, but with the other side of things, what's your involvement there with uh, Bitcoin and, and that sort of thing? Yeah, sure. So um, I first had exposure to Bitcoin, I think back in 2013, 2014, and have had some exposure to it as a payment method, I guess, back then and taken a, a more uh, deeper interest in it. Um, Probably over the last four years, and you know, I help I help people who want to get into Bitcoin to to uh, avoid the scams and um, you know buy buy their Bitcoin or, or other cryptocurrency from uh, reputable exchanges and, and places where they're not going to get ripped off. I also trade um, some cryptocurrency, so that's sort of buying and selling, much like shares or stocks, with the, the hope of making uh, making more. Cryptocurrency is a is a gain from 
from that activity. Mm -hmm. That's great. Very, very interesting. And um, there's so much to know. That's why I wanted to talk to you because I'm interested, you know, in doing something along those lines. And I think Lauren is as well, but we don't know, you know, what, you know, the ins mm. and outs are uh, basically. So Justin, by way of um, sort of kicking this off, um, are you able to sort of tell us what cryptocurrency is like in a nutshell? Yeah, sure. In a nutshell, cryptocurrency um, represents a, a, a digital form of, uh, of money. So it allows for a trustless payment uh, system between two parties without a, without a middleman. Um, so if you have a cryptocurrency and I have a cryptocurrency and, and we've agreed on a transaction, then I can send you some cryptocurrency uh, and there's, there is no need for a middleman, a bank or a, a transacting broker or, or whatnot. So it allows for, for a peer-to-peer exchange of that, that monetary object. That's so interesting. It's been around for a while, yeah? Like how? Yeah, so Bitcoin is the, I guess, the first successful uh, of the cryptocurrencies, and that was first created by a, an anonymous person who goes by the name of uh, Satoshi Nakamoto. That was back in 2009. Wow, 2009. But they don't know whether or not that's a culmination of people, right? Or whether or not. That's right. Yeah, that's So whether that's one person or a group of people, but nobody, nobody to this day has has successfully uh, exposed who that person or group of people are. There's a few people who claim to be Satoshi, but I've not seen any credible um, claims to that. Wow. All right. So I guess, you know, it's uh, it's a conversation that's actually sort of difficult to wrap your mind around. You know, I guess when I think about cryptocurrency, it seems sort of imaginary. But then when I also think about numbers on a screen in a bank, it also seems imaginary. So <laughs> I guess, you know, can you talk a bit about how does it work? I know you sort of alluded to it and, you know, why you find that it's maybe important. Yeah, sure. So the way the, the way the cryptocurrency works, or it's also referred to as a, a blockchain uh, technology. So what that means is that you know, everyone who who sends Bitcoin or sends uh, sends a transaction via the um, the blockchain, it, all of those transactions are um, are grouped together. And the, the, I guess there's, there's a few pieces to how the cryptocurrency works. So we've got the people who have the the wallets that have the, got the cryptocurrency in it, and we've also got behind the scenes the miners. Now, the miners are the other computers that are securing the network. So they're they're mining to solve a, a complex mathematical puzzle, and the, the answer to the correct answer to that puzzle allows them to create the next block on the blockchain. And when they solve that puzzle and they're able to create that next block, they get to choose which transactions are are included in that block. And uh, typically, they'll they'll choose the transactions that have got the the most amount of transaction fees. So the miner gets paid a block reward for, for solving the puzzle and creating the next block. And they also get paid uh, the collective sum of all of the transaction fees associated with each of the transactions that they include in that next block. Mm. Okay, so, um, all right, sorry. It, with, when, you, when we talk about miners, like I know a little bit because I've read a little bit, um, but I still find it a very difficult subject. So just to break it down even further before you continue, if we can, just for um, the listener at home and also for Michelle. Uh, <laughs> Don't say Michelle. There was someone in our newsroom, I think it was our news director when I was working in the um, radio, who thought that we were talking about when she was reading about mining Bitcoin, she thought that it was actually miners going out and digging in the ground. Now. Right. 
I know enough to know that that isn't what's going on here. So yeah. don't yeah. include me. <laughs> okay. Okay. So Michelle's a genius. Yes. Um, yeah. So basically, you know, I guess the thing is, Justin, like when you talk about minors, you're basically talking about people at home on their computer who are basically validating the codes or the, the information that they're getting. Right. So if I had a question or if I, um, I'm trying to think about how to break it down. If I told you something, you would be able to prove that it was correct. And you go, yes, this is correct. And then you would send it to the next person and then they would prove that it was correct. And that, is that kind of, yeah, no, not, not like that. So okay. it's, uh, so I'm yeah. like the opposite of what Lauren just said. <laughs> Shit. Okay. So you include yourself in that Lauren. <laughs> so it's all I, coming out. I, I guess the, the, the there are, are a lot of components to to describing this, and and I guess I hadn't um, maybe put a lot of thought into a, a one hundred and one for for beginners <laughs> to describe this and, and this You're kind of solving a riddle. It's solving a riddle. It's breaking a code. Is that correct? Is that what you're trying well, to say? Well, that's the that's the that's what the miners are doing. Yeah, correct. the miners are solving a a complex hashed uh, math, math, yes. mathematical problem. Yes, and that the complexity of that problem is ever changing, either increasing or decreasing mm. based on the number of people who are trying to solve the puzzle right. and how quickly they solved the last puzzle. Yeah. So it's like trying to get into uni, they increase the OP, so it makes it harder to get in. So it kind of goes up and down that way. Yeah. 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 But what kind so, of puzzles um, do they get? Like, does somebody give them a puzzle and then... Yeah, so it's all it's all done by the computer. So the the computer, if you were mining, you could um, and and people don't mine individually anymore. They mine in pools. So that's where a group group of people are mining collectively to solve the same puzzle, and then they those people or their pool share in the reward the proceeds, uh, yeah. if they solve the puzzle. Well, no one's um, no one's ever successfully fifty one percent attacked Bitcoin, and that's. And that's one of its one of its properties um, is that it's you know it's it's such a secure network you know to to gain control of it or to rewrite the blockchain you would need a lot of computing power some would say uh, an amount of computing power that doesn't exist today mm. to be able to not only take control of uh, the blocks that are being written but if you were to you know so each block has got a, a complex mathematical equation it takes about ten minutes to solve to solve that equation. And, you know, 10 years ago, people used to mine Bitcoin on their computer at home. Mm. Um, but these days it's done by specialist equipment, which um, controllers that, that are purpose built just for that purpose to solve that mathematical equation. So interesting. Love it. Love it. I find um, it really confusing. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> I love coding. I just find coding just so interesting. Um, so blockchain is used for crypto, um, but can it be used for um, other things as well? Like do we um, use it like for contracts, um, like the history on your home and the history of the business and things like that? Does that apply there? Yeah, sure. So, so more use cases will emerge as, as uh, time, time moves on. But um, Bitcoin as an invention is a real technological breakthrough because what it does is it solves a few problems. But the main problem it solves is in terms of digital money um, and the double spend problem. So previously, previous attempts to create a digital cash or, or a digital digital form of money. If I had 10 tokens and I gave, Michelle, I gave you five tokens 
and then I went to, to give Lauren eight tokens, there was no way to validate that I still had eight tokens to give uh, Lauren. So oh. I could overspend my tokens. Yep. So Bitcoin solves that problem, um, the double spend problem. So Bitcoin solves the double spend problem where um, there is no trusted party needed in, in between that transaction to validate that I have still got eight tokens to send Lauren. So, and that's done on the, on the distributed public ledger or the, um, uh, the blockchain. So, okay, um, so the 10 tokens that I've got, when I, when I send five tokens to you, Michelle, the computers that are, or the wallets that are participating on that network are able to see that I sent you tokens. And then if I try and send them again, mm. it doesn't let me because that's the, that, that creates the double spend problem. Easy so, to keep track. That's good. I like yeah. that. So people probably don't realize, but there's, there's obviously quite a few cryptos um, that, have, that have been created. There's thousands, in fact. There's public ledgers and then there's private blockchains as well. So some examples of private blockchains that are being used now that people probably don't realize, you might have used PayID or OSCO. Mm. to transfer money between the bank yeah. and the money appears instantaneously or not instantaneously, but you know, within 10 Pretty minutes, quick. Yeah, that's being done with the blockchain. Oh my God. Um, and so, you know, Bitcoin really has sort of kicked off a, a revolution. Um, that's, that's probably not going to end well for the, for the banks in terms of all their profit centers and where they make their money. You know, where previously the bank would charge you 25 or $50 to send money to America. Mm. You know, it can be done on the blockchain for cents. You know, yeah. people people have sent um, you know five hundred million dollars worth of Bitcoin, and that's cost them like eight cents in a transaction fee. Wow! You just you just can't send that sort of money through the bank Not fast and efficiently with with a, with a low transaction fee. That's um, so interesting about OSCO. I didn't know that. A lot of people have been using that to pay me, and uh, yeah, I didn't yeah. realize that. People at the bank don't know that either. <laughs> wow! Wow! They, they keep it quiet. Yeah. Um, but that's using. Um, I believe it's using a product by a company called Ripple Labs, which is the company that also has created uh, the um, the Ripple token. But those two are not the same thing. Okay. So the private blockchain that banks use, which which a lot of uh, Ripple or XRP fanboys will claim that, you know, their Ripple tokens are going to be worth millions of dollars because all the banks are using them. The banks are not using that token. They're using a product derived from this, a similar platform to the product that was used to create the XRP token. Okay, not exactly not, the same. Not the same at all, okay. no. So, so in, a, in a private blockchain like that, the bank, the participating banks will, um, you know, will acknowledge and respect what's written to that uh, distributed ledger. So when I send money via OSCO or my bank validates that I have the money that I've sent, mm -hmm. the banks then put that money aside and then the receiving bank sees an incoming OSCO transaction and they immediately trust it because obviously the, the sending bank is subscribed to, to this new system and, and they're, they're guaranteeing the funds obviously, mm. which then means the receiving bank can just release the money immediately without waiting for clearing and settlement by traditional banking yeah. uh, methods. It's yeah. such a good thing. It's such a good thing for business because people can transfer mm. right before like a reading or an engagement with me. And yeah. um, I see it in my, in my account before we start. So, but it means I don't have to do it the day before or yeah, it's really, really handy. Mm. I love it. I honestly um, still it, find it really hard to wrap my head around. And I know our listener at home might as well, um, because it just find it to be such a 
complicated, you know, kind of conversation, the whole like crypto blockchain mining, you know, that kind of thing. And then when we talk about the the banks, you know, getting involved, I guess in a way it sort of sounds like the power is being given back to the people is kind of what I'm getting. And we're kind of taking it away from, from, you know, banks that kind of run everything. So I love that part about it. But I guess when I think about how, at least for myself, when my brain is having a difficult time with computing everything, it sort of seems like this kind of conversation and this sort of endeavor is only for select people in the world who actually get it. Can you comment on that? Yeah, look, it's it's still a, it's, it still is a complex to understand all of the mechanics and the different functions and how it works. And it certainly is a bit of a barrier to, I guess, a greater mass adoption is making it making it uh, more seamless or, or integrated without uh, without the end user or the individual needing to understand exactly everything that's happening behind the scenes. That's exactly that's exactly well said, Justin. Because you know, I don't need to necessarily know how it gets from A to B. I just need to know it gets from A to B. It doesn't cost me a lot. It's a secure way. Nobody can interfere because all of these, you know, miners have my back, so to speak, mm, yeah. and allow that transaction to happen. So, yeah. So I guess it's just kind of. You know, do you think it's a matter of time before, like you said, that these conversations get a little yeah, bit more mainstream do. or get a little bit more uh, easy, easier to explain or digest for the, the person like myself, I guess, on this call? I thought it was going to be Michelle, but no, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, um, you know, what, what you're seeing happening is there's, there's obviously lots of people working on crypto solutions and integrating crypto into existing payment solutions and you know something as simple as you know you having uh and this is this is probably going to become more common moving forward but you might have multiple crypto wallets so you might have a main a main crypto wallet where the bulk of your your money or your crypto is being held and then you might have a spending wallet which is the crypto wallet that you're using to buy coffee or groceries or or whatever and by having that crypto wallet on your smartphone uh you know, which is essentially like quite a powerful computer in your pocket. Um, but that wallet on your smartphone is able to interact. And then when you get to the uh, the point of sale and you go to pay, you, you'll be presented with a, um, a QR code. And the QR code is just that little square uh, barcode that you can scan. And those little barcodes, they can contain a lot of information. So you might scan a barcode and it might have the the wallet address where you need to send the money and the total amount of what the money is. But it's all, it's all there presented in a, you know, you hold your, hold your phone up, you, you beep yeah. with your camera and then it comes up and asks for a password to confirm that you're sending the transaction. Um, and that would, uh, you know, make a, a, a much smoother, less friction uh, process for someone um, to send the money via crypto uh, versus what, um, you know, what the process might be today. So spending time with yourself and, and sort of having this conversation and listening to how many times your laptop goes off and, you know, the buzzing and the whistles and the bells and all these things. And when uh, I mentioned to Lauren, when you were helping me out with um, my Facebook and, and doing my lives and things like that, I mean, it was going off a lot. Like it, that must be 
like quite stressful? Is that sort of the way that you've got it set up? Is that kind of like common? Is that the way a lot of people? Yeah, no. So, so that's um, uh, that, that's a different um, uh, use case, or well, not use case, but a different. I, I'm I'm also trading uh, crypto, which means you know I'm I'm looking to. So the the cryptocurrency, the value of the currency, it's it's moving quite often and and quite. Um, uh, quite a lot sometimes can be quite volatile, um, and I guess as a trader, I'm um, I'm trying to buy and sell uh, cryptocurrency, um, and so you know those beeps and alarms would just be you know various uh, levels or triggers that I had set. So if the price if the price did X, you know it was bring, trying to bring my attention back to the screen to um, to either take action um, or to do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, certainly, to be involved in crypto, uh, you don't need to do that in any in any way, shape, or form. Oh, okay. You know, the the um, um, that that was just. I mean, the markets the markets for crypto are unlike traditional markets for stocks or equities, or uh, or even forex because they're they're trading twenty four seven and they don't take a break. Mm. Um, and oh, so. So you know, if you were if you were a person who was interested in trading, then you know the opportunity to trade is there twenty four seven. You basically would pick the hours that you want to trade, or um, you know, or you'd be watching for um, certain volatility move or or a certain trigger. Um, in which case, if if you know if that if that meant um, that something exciting was going to happen, then you, you know you'd want to get back to the computer. Mm. sooner rather than later mm. yeah it's an interesting point jay because i was looking at um investing and i was looking at you know stocks and shares and uh some of my friends invest in um you know things on the um you know u.s market and so they're up you know, kind of during the night you know from midnight yeah, right through go. and then other people are investing you know in um on this side of the world so they're up in normal hours but yeah it's interesting that that's uh, that's kind of a, pe- a key difference yeah 24 yeah. so um, we, we were talking about use cases before so uh you know looking at stocks and equities that's that's a future use case that um solutions are currently being worked on so at yeah. the moment if anyone has bought shares then they know that the shares themselves these days the share certificates are held uh in a system called chess which is the um electronic clearing system for where the the share registries are um the um there's technology currently being developed to replace the chess system with something that's derived via a blockchain or a distributed ledger Mm. um so when you buy shares um at some point in the future they'll the share registry will exist as a as a blockchain rather than as this old antiquated chess system that we currently use oh that'd be good bring it to the 21st century so we're going to talk in a minute about um, my wallet because I actually, even though I sound like an idiot on this call, I actually have bought crypto before, but I didn't do anything with it. So we're going to talk about that just shortly. But I think before we go there, it's actually worth mentioning the different types of crypto that are available. Most people are familiar with Bitcoin. You have mentioned Ripple. Can we talk a little bit more about that? Sure. So um Unfortunately, and fortunately, I guess, but there's a lot of cryptos. There'd be there'd be in excess of two thousand or more tokens that have been created since um, since Bitcoin, which is the the first successful crypto, was created. 
I, I guess the key for me and for any, I tell anyone new who's wanting to get into crypto is, is that, um, you know, there's some, there's some key properties that Bitcoin has that no other crypto has. Um, and um, its anonymous creator uh, is one of them. So the fact that it was created by Satoshi rather than a person or, or an individual company who is still around, who, um, who may be able to uh, interact or interfere with the, um, the code or the, uh, the crypto itself. A lot of the the cryptos that have since been created, they don't have the same properties because the the company or the people who created it are, are still involved in it. Mm-hmm. And so, if for some reason someone wanted to seize your crypto or freeze your crypto account, that can occur with a lot of the cryptos that have been created. Mm-hmm. But it's something that if I held Bitcoin and you wanted to seize my Bitcoin, you would have to have to forcibly remove them from me. A government uh, entity or property couldn't try and seize my my Bitcoin without me handing over the keys to the crypto. Which you're not going to do. <laughs> Which I'm unlikely to do. Yeah. Is there a way to tell what is the most like valuable currency? Like, would it be Bitcoin? Because that's the first one. It is Bitcoin and it will it always is. be Bitcoin. Okay. And, and primarily that's the case because, you know, Bitcoin has has properties that no other blockchain uh, will be able to match. And, okay. and one of those is the length of time that it has been secured and not been hacked. So Bitcoin, you know, was first created in 2009, so it's been around for over 11 years and it hasn't been hacked or hasn't been interfered with. So it's got a, a, a 10, 10 year plus track record of being secure, mm. uh, which, which obviously um over time other other cryptos may end up with a, a 10-year track record but then bitcoin would have a 15 or a 20 year track record, had, right? yeah. um the fact that no one can um uh, can confiscate no one can freeze no one can seize your your bitcoins that's another um, a massive property which makes bitcoin more valuable than other cryptos um originally when bitcoin first came out you know it was uh, it was it was tagged as the, the 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 money that you use to do illegal things, to buy drugs online or to do other criminal activity. But you know that was that was the the narrative that that fit um, government at the time. You know I think government would always like to have shut Bitcoin down, but it, mm. it was it was able to to survive and prosper. And you know it's always been useful for more than than just that. But that was obviously the you know the story that they wanted to run with. Um, and certainly these days, the criminals, if anything, have realised that that Bitcoin's not the thing to to buy drugs with because because they can see that you bought the drugs. They can look at the ledger and they can they see the well, you send this money here and he sent it there, and mm. you know, all the transactions are visible. So, yeah. you know, if anything, law enforcement have since realised that it's actually good if the criminals use Bitcoin because then when they catch them, they can they can catch well, them for everything that they did. <laughs> That's right. brilliant. I love that. All right, so I uh, would like to, if you don't mind, uh, Justin, talk a little bit about my investments. Um, I'm only bringing this up because obviously we know that I'm the layman on the call. Uh, There was a time when I was really interested, not to say I'm not interested in the subject now, but I sometimes think it's beyond my mental comprehension or what I can handle. But I, I did get into, there were some guys that I worked with and they were really into crypto. And so I ended up getting into it as well and learning about it and i was watching ted talks on the subject and things like that but i actually haven't studied it in you know probably over a year and a half at this point 
So a couple of weeks ago, I took a screenshot of my wallet, which I um, bought my crypto through CoinSpot. Yep. And, um, and then I do want, we do want to ask you a little bit later about wallets as well, and whether or not you recommend um, any in particular. But I guess uh, when Michelle suggested that we have this subject, I went, oh yeah, I have a bunch of crypto that I bought that I haven't looked at <laughs> in over a year. she sent me a screenshot and I'm like, oh, not <laughs> as so, much as we might have thought. Yeah, exactly. So I thought we could maybe have a look a bit at my portfolio. Um, when I will say that I had a secret desire that when I was going to go and take a screenshot of it, I was actually going to be up like a lot of money. Uh, turns out I've gone down actually, because I think I've probably invested maybe $150, uh, which okay, I know is, yeah. is peanuts. But when you don't know what you're doing, that's pretty much all I'm willing to invest. <laughs> um, yeah. So I thought we could kind of maybe talk about uh, a little bit about my portfolio in the sense of like, it gives some context to, um, to what I've done. So one of the things that I didn't know is that you can buy partial Bitcoin. You don't yeah. buy just like one, especially when I got into this, this is when it was really trending when, you know, yeah. there was the $20,000 per Bitcoin kind of craze was happening and all this kind of stuff. And then I started reading about ripple and Cardano and, um, Ethereum and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, do you have any thoughts and also about like how I've maybe not done this very well? Cause I've sort of sat and forgot this. Maybe I missed some opportunities. Yeah, sure. sure. So, um, so when, when Bitcoin, uh, reached its previous all time high, which was that 20,000 uh, US dollars price per one Bitcoin, uh, as, as you mentioned, you know, you don't have to buy one whole Bitcoin. So you could buy, I think one millionth of a Bitcoin. Wow. And um, so that unit is called a Satoshi. So one Satoshi named after its founder, also known as a SAT, an SAT. But when Bitcoin was on its way up to that all time high December, November, December, 2017, it got to 20,000 uh, US dollars per one Bitcoin. What we saw is a, a is a, a market full of speculators who were looking at all of these other cryptos like some of the ones in your portfolio. And, um, you know, those same speculators were possibly selling their Bitcoin and then buying these other cryptos thinking or hoping that they were going to also go to the moon, mm. uh, which a lot of them did. Um, however, most, if not all of them, crashed harder and faster than, than Bitcoin because there was not a lot of real substance behind them. And um, unlike Bitcoin, which, which has a limited supply of 21 million Bitcoins in total, a lot of these other cryptos have hundreds of millions, if not billions of tokens available in their, in their crypto pool, which makes them hard to sustain a, a high value because there's so many or they're adding new ones all the time. And so that, that I guess that was referred to as, um, as some form of altcoin season where the, the speculators were moving from Bitcoin to the altcoins and that was driving a lot of hype and um, people were buying those coins. Uh, I think most of them ended, ended up losing 90 to 99% of their value from their all-time highs. Wow. And and most of those coins have not regained half, if not any of, or a lot of those losses, they're, they're still down. Um, whereas, um, and at the time, you know, the, the critics and, and 
and anyone who wants to talk Bitcoin down would have been saying that that Bitcoin was a scam and that Bitcoin was was overvalued and you know everyone who bought Bitcoin would be losing money. Just last month, Bitcoin's actually reached a new all-time high, so it's actually just surpassed that twenty thousand US uh, oh, is that right? dollars price per Bitcoin. Yes, that is right, Michelle. So when I said you needed to buy some Bitcoin six or nine months ago. You really did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never got that message, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so um, I, can I just uh, reinforce what you've just said? Because I think you kind of um, skirted over a really important message, which was that the amount of Bitcoins that, that's available is the only amount of Bitcoin that will right. ever be available. Whereas that's a right. lot of these other imposters... Which makes it more exclusive. They, Yeah, exactly. They have an unlimited supply i suppose so um which actually would make it difficult if you can just continue to print more money you know just yep. to use that's it right so yeah. so to differentiate bitcoin from from fiat currency or, or or government money that that is one of the key opposing facts so bitcoin we refer to as hard money in that there's a fixed supply, there can never be any more. So that means that if the, the value or the pool of the, the money is to increase, then the price per Bitcoin has to increase rather than the supply. Mm -hmm. Whereas um, what we've seen with uh, government money or fiat money, and, and not just uh, in Australia, but in America, in every country, particularly in light of uh, 2020 and the, the pandemic that's occurred is uh, an endless printing of just new money out of thin air. Mm -hmm. It's quite horrifying to understand what's actually going on there. But a country's reserve bank is printing fake, or not fake, but printing uh, printing new money, and the government borrows the new money and creates some other security against that new money, which is then absorbed by a, a market, uh, and that money goes into immediate circulation, which. Mm. You know, it dilutes the purchasing power of, so if you had a dollar in your pocket at the start of this year, that same dollar is probably now buying about 85 cents worth of goods. Mm. So what, what that means is the price of all of our assets are, um, are going to go up. Oh, right. Uh, and we're seeing, we're seeing that now. Look at the stock markets. They're all at all-time new highs. It's not, it's not because those companies are doing really well. You know, if anything, a lot of them are, are struggling. Some of them are doing well in uh, the pandemic conditions but the bulk majority of them are their stock prices are going up because the value of the money is going down so whereas something like bitcoin with a hard supply you know the government can't turn around and say oh we need another four four million bitcoin we'll just create some more and so you know that's a that's another one of the properties that make uh, that make bitcoin unique right and that's why that it's valuable correct yeah, the finite supply is is certainly uh, the reason why it's valuable. Yeah. So I don't know how to read the number of Bitcoin that I have. So you would, I guess, if you if you um, if you delete all of the decimal values and just look at the whole number that's left, that's how many uh, satoshis you have. So I have one hundred and seventy-one thousand eight hundred and seventy-eight satoshis. There you go. Okay. That's correct. It sounds like I've got a lot more going on. And for like our lot. friends at home, but when I took this <laughs> screenshot, the total value of that was $39. So don't get too excited or shocked. <laughs> <and excited. laughs> like, oh, I know who's got a lot of Bitcoin. Definitely not me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Justin, I've had some friends. Lauren, have you done with your portfolio? Did you want me to? Well, I guess, did you want to comment on anything else here, Justin? I mean, I'm not trading or anything. I guess we could talk about that a little bit later in the call, though we're already up to our hour, but there's so much to go into. Yeah, um, look, it's, it's, it's a really involved it's such subject. such a huge mm. subject. Yeah, I think we probably almost need to do part two. But um, mm. yeah, I guess when you look at this, are some of the decisions that I made based on what you were talking about before, like trending kind of... I, I don't know why I want to go back to the word imposters, but yeah. you know, people who are like Bitcoins or, they are. or I guess cryptos the, that are trying to be Bitcoin. The message to anyone who thinks that they would like to buy some crypto would probably be to stick with, with Bitcoin primarily would be, would be my suggestion. And as you mentioned, you don't have to buy one whole Bitcoin. So if one whole Bitcoin mm. is, you know, 20,000 US, which I think is about 27,000, Australian dollars, uh, you don't have to buy one whole coin, you know, you can buy one millionth of a coin. So you don't, you, you don't need to think of the, the crypto as a, as a number, it's more, you might say, I want to buy $1,000 worth of Bitcoin. And then, you know, you would go to an exchange, a trusted exchange, and you would swap your, your fiat money for, um, for that, that amount of Bitcoin that, that you can obtain. The price of Bitcoin obviously is not uh, is not consistent you know it's consistently going up but it it doesn't it doesn't hold a, a consistent value you know it's it's like bitcoin is is always in a uh, price discovery mode and we haven't discovered the true price per bitcoin yet uh, because when we have we when we when we when we do discover that price that's when bitcoin will uh, start to flatline uh, and become more stable um, until then you know, you've got more people wanting to participate, more people wanting to buy Bitcoin, and that's obviously driving the price of Bitcoin up because of the finite supply. So, you know, anyone, I, my, my advice to anyone who's looking to invest in cryptocurrency would be to buy Bitcoin and and to not watch not watch it um, daily in terms of its price, move, price movements because, you know, if Bitcoin is $20,000 today, it can be worth... $17,000 tomorrow and then you know $20,000 the day after that's uh, that's sort of uh, how volatile the, the the market price can be um, but if you were buying it as a future investment or as a, a future currency to use you know buying it now and securing storing it securely for future use um, would, would be the the most stress-free way to deal with it does that mean when you say storing it securely, does that mean that it doesn't uh, fluctuate as much? And the value, the value would still fluctuate. Would I just still, mean, okay, but not. I just mean storing it somewhere where someone's not going to steal. Yeah. It. Okay. Yep. 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 <laughs> so Justin, I've got some friends. Uh, I don't know if you know much about this, but uh, Coin, you know, with the Q Q O I N. I've got some friends investing in um, that and. For me, I don't know. It did sound a bit like um, like a pyramid type setup. I don't know. Like it just sounded yeah. a bit funny. And um, I just wondered if you could sort of speak about that. Um, am I I don't, on I've not heard of that one. Um, I'd have to I'd have to have a quick Google. But there yeah. has been there has been many a scam. Yeah, it did feel a bit like um, that. Where where they have you know used a pyramid type mm. cell to try and get more people involved. Yeah. 
I mean, if it's any any form of multi-level marketing type pitch attached to a crypto, that's probably a scam yeah. without, without even looking. It um, is, yeah, because they were saying you only get a 10% return a year or something, or they were saying around 10% a year or something or other, and I just thought, oh, my God, that's not even worth it. But they were, like, really getting in there and trying to spook it to, like, a group of people, and that's why yeah. I thought it was um, it was definitely the um, MLM sort of set up. Yeah. 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 It sounds like it. There's been a few uh, few big ones like that that have blown up. Lions um, Share is another one as well. I think it's Lions Share. Lions yeah, Share. Yeah, not familiar with that one either. Yeah, that's one another I can, one. I can look. I can look at both of them and um, and see um, see if anything stands out. Yeah, anything uh, multi-level marketing, um, you know, is just going to end badly. Yeah. The, 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 the people who it. started it will steal all your money, and the people who come in last will get nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it's typical, come in the middle, probably get nothing to. Typical pyramid. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good. Um, I just Bitcoin, wanted to ask that question. Bitcoin is um, by far, in terms of the the future value of of these um, of these crypto assets, um, you know, there's there's some predictions for Bitcoin to be worth, you know, a hundred thousand or three hundred thousand dollars price per one Bitcoin. And whilst you know, even a year or two ago, those numbers seemed unbelievable. Uh, with the advent of, of all of this fiat money that's being printed, those numbers don't actually sound so unrealistic. Yeah, anymore. it's true. And you guys touched on before too that um, it was hard to spend your cryptocurrency. That's not not actually the case. It's probably just a matter of not knowing how to to convert it on the fly or how to how to use it. You know, you can get uh, some some credit cards that are linked to a crypto wallet. Oh. So when you just want to use traditional payment systems, it's taking money out of your out of your crypto wallet. And then there are other sites, you know, that are dedicated to buying things in Bitcoin. You know, for example, Lamborghini take Bitcoin. You can buy a car with Bitcoin. Well, Lauren, you can put your thirty dollars towards a Lambo. There you go, yes, girl. Right. We're on There's track. some um, some real estate <laughs> websites where you can actually buy and sell real estate for Bitcoin. All I can think is Lauren's thirty dollars. Oh my god, that's thirty nine dollars. Thank you. Very I look thirty nine. All right. We might get you a chip of chrome off a wheel nut. Yeah. Wow. There we go. There we go. We're spending yeah. it already. I like that. So, where can you buy it? And also on the subject of wallets, you need a wallet to be able to buy crypto. Um, where do you get a wallet? And and where do you buy yeah, crypto? Right. I mean, I know you can get it at some post office but where do you recommend people get started? Yeah, so um, the wallet can be an online wallet or it is a wallet that is a software client that gets installed on your computer. Obviously, if you install a software wallet on your computer, you need to make sure that you don't get any malware or you don't get your computer hacked because when you create a wallet, you will create a secret or a password to, to lock the wallet. Um, but you, you, you need to also keep that wallet secure from excuse me, from a hacker or um, anyone um, trying to access your Bitcoin, uh, steal them. So an online wallet would mean leaving your Bitcoin on the exchange where you bought them, perhaps. Um, now, depending on on the exchange and how trustworthy that exchange is, that, that it could be a good idea or a bad idea. If you were concerned about obviously any government agency wanting to seize your Bitcoin, then then keeping uh, your Bitcoin on, a, on an exchange wallet is not as secure as having the Bitcoin in your own wallet. 
there's a saying that says, uh, not your keys, not your Bitcoin. And that refers to the keys to the wallet. So you don't own the keys, the private keys to a wallet that is on an exchange because the exchange holds the private keys on your behalf. Yeah. Like me with CoinSpot, right? Because I didn't, I don't have a lot of money in there. That's why I yeah. left it. I yeah. haven't put it into a wallet. I'm like 96 Yeah. So the biggest whatever. risk with an exchange wallet is if the exchange gets hacked and they lose money, are they going to lose any of your money? That's the that's the biggest risk to an exchange wallet. Um, so then I would I would encourage people if they were keeping their crypto on an exchange that they do it on a reputable exchange. Um, now, in terms of where you could buy, I would I would recommend uh, Independent Reserve is a local Australian-owned exchange that is quite secure, and the market that they have is is quite good. The pricing uh, and the buyers and sellers are there. It's uh, it's quite a secure option. If um, you were looking for a bigger market, perhaps perhaps another bigger exchange that I would recommend would be Kraken. They're based. Um, and they're regulated uh, in the UK. Um, the, the actual company is probably not based in the UK, but um, you know the, the the crypto businesses, I guess, are moving to jurisdictions that are crypto friendly. But look, those two are both exchanges that um, that I would um, keep crypto on, and um, you know, be able to sleep at night. So, how can I move mine over? I can I transfer it? To yeah, sure, you can. Yep. So if you if you create uh, an account on one of those new exchanges, you can basically then just transfer Bitcoin from its current location into, you'll get a, they'll give you a, a deposit wallet address and you send your crypto to that address. Okay. And Justin, I will put a link to those in the show notes as well. Yeah, let's do that. Um, how do we, how do taxes apply? Do taxes apply with any of this or? Yeah, sure. So crypto is, um, as a whole is considered a new asset class. You know, anyone looking for proper tax advice should obviously speak to uh, a tax consultant and not some dude on the internet, <laughs> but, but it's, it's treated like any other property. So if you make, if you buy crypto and you make a gain on that crypto, then you do have to pay tax uh, in the form of capital gains tax. Uh, in Australia, that means that uh, it, it's much like a house. If you hold the house for more than 12 months, you get a discount on the amount of capital gains tax you have to pay. Um, the same applies to crypto. Um, and if, if you are um, buying and selling crypto or trading crypto, uh, then that would be treated as income, much like if you're buying and selling shares. So the same, the same tax rules apply. It's just a new asset class. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, it's a good um, good topic and good question, but very involved. As Lauren said, we may have to do a, um, a part two because um, there is a lot. There is a lot. But basically, is there anything else? We've sort of covered everything we wanted to cover, Justin. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention that you think we should know? Look, I, I think for the listeners, we've, we've probably covered enough topics today. I don't have anything... <laughs> anything burning that I wanted to include. I think um, we've covered a lot of the basic topics. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Justin. That was great. All right, Lauren. Well, that was uh, Justin Kinchington, my little uh, mate there chatting about cryptocurrency. And Just a little chat. Gosh, that, was, uh, that, was, that was a bit heavy. Um, I feel like I need to go and have a little rest. <laughs> my brain. Yeah. yeah, working overtime. It was um, pretty intense, but he knows his stuff. 
he really does know his stuff and it's so complicated though like I really felt for myself <laughs> and the listener at home who's like going I can't understand all this but you know one of the big takeaways I thought from that call was that we don't need to know everything. We don't need to understand everything, but I think it is important that we know that this is coming, that it, well, sorry, that it's here, that it's coming, that it's getting more popular. And um, that really, it, it, I don't know, I kind of felt like it's giving the power back to the people, which I thought was an amazing, you know, kind of hopeful way of looking at the world in a way. Yeah, it's a really good takeaway. That's a really good takeaway and a good summary uh, of what Justin was talking about. I also loved um, that, you know, this was, you know, it doesn't take a break. I think with me, I'm looking at investing and I was sort of thinking about one of my friends who's investing in the American, you know, share market and American um, stocks and things. And she's up all night, you know, and she's always tired. And I just thought, mm, that's not overly attractive to me, especially when I'm running a business during the day. I don't want to be up all night watching this thing. But yeah. I think a lot of what he was talking about was that, you know, crypto kind of is a 24-7 thing. It's always there. It's always operating. Um, and so it's not reliant on, you know, time zones and all that sort of stuff. And really, I mean, and your portfolio was a good example. You can just sort of leave it there and let it do its own thing but it is a long-term investment in that respect. Um, So yeah, I just, that was really good. So it is, um, it is a lot more interesting to me and we can rule out some of those forms of crypto, which are more sort of that MLM uh, type thing as well. Um, Well, that's me personally. Uh, That's certainly how I've walked away from that conversation. Yeah. I kind of thought I'm going to sell all my stuff by Bitcoin and then put it and leave it. Mm. So just like you said, I don't have time or I'm not, sorry. I'm not going to choose to spend my time yeah. investing and Managing trading in that. Yeah, yeah. to that extent. Not interested right now. Yeah. So. yeah. yeah. He, um, he is investing in it that way and he's um, doing really well out of it. So, Lauren, now it's time for the party element and a little bit of inspo yes. thrown in there. What do you got well, for us this, this week? Well, uh, this section has been brought to you by my new course. It's called the Task Reduction System, where you actually learn to reduce your work hours by half so you can stop playing catch-up on the weekend. So Michelle, one of the things that I notice in business is that a lot of people don't realize how important time management is to the success of their business and their life. So for our listener at home, if you are doing everything in your business, but your business is not advancing, if you're working far too much and feeling overextended with no time for yourself, if you're struggling with anxiety and guilt, if you're confused about how to prioritize and where you should be spending your time, over two hours, I'm going to take you through how to get on top of your time management, which will help you with all of those issues and challenges. So over the course of two hours, as I said, you'll learn to identify your tasks, label your tasks, organize your tasks, and schedule in your tasks. And it's only $197. It includes a bonus workbook valued at over $50. You get access to the course for an entire year as well. So head to Raw Raw Consulting, that's R-A-H-R-A-H-Consulting.com for more details. And we'll also put a link to that in the show notes for the task reduction system. So Michelle, what I wanted to talk to you about today was basically really about kind of getting clear about 
what you're doing, like what your why and what your purpose is. And I know we've talked a lot about that, but the reason why I'm bringing it up is because yesterday I was kind of dealt, I kind of was in this situation of needing to say no. And I know that you mentioned at the top of the show as well that you've been dealing with that too. So uh, I was sort of Mm -hmm. given an opportunity to work with somebody to do a bunch of stuff that was really super basic level that I would have no problem doing and over exceeding in. But what I realized is that the more time I spend on doing things that aren't taking me where I want to go and grow in my business, the, the slower my business is growing. Right. And so it's kind of like for you, when you were talking about saying no to clients that aren't you know, feeling good and doing a proper exchange. When you say no to them, you're saying yes to every other opportunity to all the other clients Mm. that you want to work with. And for me, what I was saying, when I said no and recommended somebody else instead of me, I was then backing myself in my own decision to go, you know what? Yeah, it would be nice to make some extra money right now, but I would much rather work my business so that I can make way more money in the future instead of delaying that. So I guess my inspiration is really just to get clear on what serves you and make decisions that really support you and take you where where you want to go. And I think a lot of the time we say no because we maybe have fear about where the next dollar paycheck is going to come from or um, we feel maybe guilty for letting people down. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think um, living in the present, um, you know, what I take from what you're saying is being really sort of present and really conscious, um, you know, of what you're doing. I think a lot of people sometimes walk around like they're sleepwalking. I was thinking about this yesterday, you know, looking at people and I was chatting to a girl at the checkout last night and They've moved, I don't know if they've done it up your way, but they've moved all the, um, where you scan your like flybys card and like where you pay, they've moved it around so the people aren't sort of standing all sort of, you know, next to each other. Um, you're all sitting okay. down the end now. And I was just standing there like vaguely looking around, just going, something's missing. Where's this thing <laughs> gone? You know, where's this machine gone? And the girl's like, oh, it's down here. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. And she said, yeah, it's funny. She said a lot of shoppers will be staying there for like, you know, 10 minutes and they're going, ah, the machine's over here. And they're just like, wow, just in zombie. Because we walk around, we walk around like that, um, just not focusing, not being present, you know, all of that sort of stuff. And I think, you know, from what I'm taking from what you're saying, it's about sort of really living consciously and really, you know, thinking about what you're doing in every moment and being present. So we don't miss anything. You know, we don't miss those opportunities. We're also using our intuition. You know, when we're in alignment, we're using our intuition about situations. And, you know, I would tie that back in with um, investment. If you're going to invest in any of these things, obviously there's different forms of crypto as we've discussed. And, you know, you do need to use sometimes your intuition because there are some that I've looked at and I'm like, yeah, I don't know if that's me. And uh, there's a little bit of pyramid type stuff going on, I think, in some of them. Um, and so you really do have to trust the intuition and I think be present and live consciously. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess it's also, it comes back to, yeah, being clear about what you want. And also I think yep. it's giving yourself permission to change your mind because sometimes mm. we'll be working towards a goal and we'll go, wait a minute, 
this goal no longer serves me or it's not flowing or it doesn't feel good anymore. I want to pivot and go and do this direction. And I think that mm. being present, like you said, is a really big part about that because if you're actually just operating at a default or out of reaction, then mm. you're not making decisions that necessarily set you up for the future that you want. And I mean, that mm. comes down to, I guess, taking responsibility. Mm. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, All of our choices lead us to this point. Exactly. And even the small ones, even the super Mm. small ones, like eating something that, you know, uh, like, let's say you're gluten intolerant, but you eat gluten anyway. Mm. Well, Mm. those are all decisions that are, yeah, those small Mm. little thing that, you know, can upset your entire balance for the day. Cause now all of a sudden you're not operating at the same level that you would be if you were, or at a, at a higher level, if you were eating stuff that your body actually wanted you to eat. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That is accurate. Yeah. Good work. So right. uh, we're talking about numerology next week. Oh, I can't wait. And yeah. Applying that to business. Very interesting expert, a friend of mine who runs an amazing Facebook page called our wellness community on Facebook. If our listener at home wants to look her up before we chat to her, she's incredible and just a ball of energy. She's got really good energy uh, about her and very knowledgeable on numbers and how we can apply that to our business and, you know, make some use out of that. Um, And it's going to be a very interesting conversation. I think we're going to get a lot of very practical advice and it's uh, going to probably help a lot of people in terms of even selecting, you know, if they're going to work from home, maybe looking at the number of the property, you know, different things like that. Um, even your name can be very telling, you know, the letters in your name, you know, have numbers attached to them. Yeah. So it's going to be a really interesting chat uh, next week, Lauren, and I can't wait for that. But today has been great as well. And I'm so happy. Yes. What's the uh, situation with the sunbird? I think yes. I can see the reflection actually. Oh, okay. your, uh, no, it's actually, oh, I'll show you here. Yes. Yes. There? Ah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Gee, they did a good job. Yeah, they really did. Um, I know for our listener at home, basically Michelle's looking at the nest and it's been, um, let's put a photo on uh, socials, Lauren. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'll put it in a story. Uh, yeah, no, it's, um, the, the mom's been coming back and feeding them the whole time we've been talking. So (laughs) yay. (laughs) Oh my God. That's such good news. Such a relief. Such a relief. I was so upset about that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Did you give Gab the update? Have you given Gab the update? Um, I texted. Yeah, I did. I texted yep. the update. Good. Excellent. Gab's in the loop. Yeah. Gab's Excellent. in the loop. So he'll be resting. He'll be enjoying his day even more now. <laughs> yes. Without having to worry about the sunbirds. Yeah, that's right. Thank heavens. Yeah. Thank heavens. Exactly. All right. Well, it's been a great episode. So Lauren. Yes. This has been the business in the front. Party in the back. Pod podcast. And if you love me, oh, you go for it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I always get confused. You go. You hang up first. Okay. I'll hang. hang, Yeah. No, you hang up. (laughs) (laughs) Hilarious. Who's doing it? Who's doing it? Okay. Uh, If you loved it, please share it with your friends. Uh, because as you know, we really want to get as many listens to these episodes as possible so we can continue to keep doing them. And, and want to be millionaires as well, just as a side do. note. That's right, because yeah. the more listens yeah. and plays we can get, I mean, people listen to this, they're spiritual and business oriented. Um, yeah. 
the more plays and listens we can get on this as well, the more we can get cash sponsors and products that yeah. we um, believe in. We always want Prada shoes. Lauren, I want Prada shoes for Christmas. Yes, so or um, we can arrange them. I would take like makeup or skincare or <laughs> yeah, whatever's going, whatever's going. Universe, you like <laughs> you know what paint me though. It's like I would take a salt lamp, like things like. <laughs> Oh wow! Wow. Anyway, wow. Um, sounds, That's not asking for much. A bit greedy now. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> the point is that if you loved it, please share it. We love doing it, and we do want to, you know, help as many people to not make dis- make the wrong decision or learn from us, and maybe get inspired from the things that we're talking about. Just to let you know that yeah. you're not alone in life or in business, and that we're here and we're on your side. So, yes. And if you didn't like it, Michelle. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> You're not supposed to smile when you say that. <laughs> oh, am I not supposed to? I didn't know. There's no rules. Where are the rules? I can't see any rules. Anyway, anyway, anyway we'll stop arguing. Okay. We'll catch you next week. Yes, yeah, perfect. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Great episode. Yeah. So.